Welcome to the ITE Talks Transportation Podcast from the Institute of Transportation Engineers. Each month, we'll bring you conversations with thought leaders in transportation on the future of the industry. Welcome to the first ITE Talks Transportation Podcast of 2021. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. It was quite an historic year we've just gone through, and transportation, like nearly all facets of life, was heavily affected. With a new administration in office and a new Congress in place, it's expected the new year is also going to be eventful. Our guest on this episode is Jim Timon, the Executive Director of AASHTO, the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Few are in a better position to give us some perspective on how transportation was impacted last year and what to look forward to in the months ahead. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. As I just alluded to in the introduction, 2020 was quite a challenging year, to put it mildly. Can you give us a bit of a sense of how state departments of transportation are faring both financially and operationally under COVID-19? Well, you know, that's a great question. Uh, as you said, uh, 2020 was a trying year for you know, the entire country. But, you know, as it relates to transportation and state DOTs uh, particularly, it was, uh, it was really tough. And I would say especially at the beginning of the pandemic when we had those stay-at-home orders uh, where you saw a real significant drop-off in, in vehicle miles traveled, that was a really trying time for state DOTs. Uh, for a variety of reasons. It caused them to have to alter their day-to-day business model um, because they still needed to make sure that the transportation network was up and running and providing that platform for interstate travel and interstate commerce. There was such a focus uh, at that time on making sure that that medicines and medical equipment and, and food and, and groceries were on the shelves and available for folks those things don't just magically end up on store shelves or from point A to point B. Uh, you know, our nation's transportation network provides, you know, the ability to get those goods and equipment and, and those foods and groceries to market. And uh, our state DOTs are really the primary owners and operators of that network. So uh, while everybody else was hunkering down and staying at home, state DOTs needed to be up and running. Uh, making sure that the nation's transportation network was being it was able to facilitate the the movement of those goods, and uh, they did a phenomenal job in doing that. You know, it was really a clarification that they are absolutely essential to this nation's economy, uh, and they did a great job at that time, uh, and continue to do so now through uh, as we get into January here. Uh, still doing a great job in, in, uh, in keeping our nation's transportation network up and running. Uh, even as we've seen this new surge in cases, uh, we're seeing that state DOTs are also involved in the distribution of vaccines and getting them uh, where they need to go in certain states. Uh, and again, I think it just shows that uh, state DOTs really occupy an essential role within this country in providing services and making sure that our nation's transportation network is there to make sure our economy is up and running. 
as you mentioned, especially in the early days of the pandemic and the, the stay-at-home orders that were issued, vehicle miles traveled dropped precipitously. And of course, that translates into less gas tax money that is collected since uh, people aren't filling up their vehicles quite as frequently. How about that side of it in terms of the financial impact of what this has meant to the state DOTs? Well, that's a great point, too. I mean, we saw a significant decrease in vehicle miles traveled, in some cases, you know, up to 60% uh, during the height of those stay-at-home orders. And uh, as a result, we saw a corresponding decrease in uh, revenue that's collected uh, from the drivers that utilize our transportation system. So mainly uh, taxes on motor fuels decreased significantly because people weren't driving as much. That has a direct impact um, on state DOT budgets. Uh, so many state DOTs rely on state gas tax revenues for the vast majority of the funding that they get to run their departments and to see, you know, a 40, 50, 60% reduction in those revenues, uh, even if it was only for two, three months out of the year, that's revenue that they never got back. Even though we saw travel and VMT rebound probably a little quicker than we originally thought, you know, in the spring, you still have three months or so where you've lost a significant percentage of what you had projected to bring in. And as a result, you know, state DOTs were really hurting financially. They've done a phenomenal job in finding a way to prioritize the operations, maintenance, and, and other activities that they needed to get done uh, last year, but they still took a pretty significant hit from a budget standpoint. Even before COVID, uh, state DOTs had started to experiment with the idea of charging for the amount of miles of vehicle travels as we have more electric vehicles on the roadways and vehicles become more fuel efficient. Obviously, that also impacts the amount of gas tax revenue that's collected. Do you think that COVID is going to maybe encourage some states to try to do that a little bit more and turn to that as a more reliable source of income? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think that it may uh, cause some states to kind of rethink the, the approach and the timeline for that type of solution, as well as I think at the federal government. So we'll have to see uh, if that's one of the uh, tangential benefits or, or impacts of, of COVID as, as we move along here in the next few years. As this uh, podcast episode is being released, we're just a few days into the new administration. And with that, one of the high-profile appointments that obviously we're very interested in in the transportation world is for the Secretary of Transportation. Pete Buttigieg is going to be or has been nominated for that position. Do you think that's going to translate to an increased emphasis on infrastructure and transportation, having a high-profile secretary in that, that role? We have already heard a lot from the administration on their desire to emphasize investment in infrastructure and, and, and in transportation. Uh, so we're really excited about the prospects of really being able to focus uh, in the first part of the year here on some sort of large federal package for investment in infrastructure and in and, and transportation. Uh, and I think that in Mayor Pete, you've got somebody that has a great personality. I think he's shown the willingness to uh, work across party lines and try to build consensus. Uh, and we're looking forward to partnering with him. I think that clearly he's a, a very high profile person given his, his run for president. And uh, I think that can only help us in, in advancing the cause of investment in infrastructure. You know, in these early days here, we've seen 
uh, a clear interest from him in, in trying to bring people together and build a coalition uh, to get something done. Uh, and I think that he's got all the tools to do that. So we're really excited to be working with him. One of the unfinished pieces of business from 2020 was a long-term surface transportation reauthorization. Obviously, that's going to be an emphasis in 2021. What are some of the things that Ashto is hoping to see included in a reauthorization package? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, something that we had hoped that had gotten done last year, uh, the FAST Act expired last September. And uh, one of the big victories from 2000, I think, for us and for the transportation community was that rather than Congress just doing a series of short-term extensions in this fiscal year, they realized that they were not going to get something done uh, in the first part of FY 2021 and enacted a full-year extension uh, of the FAST Act to get us through September of, of 2021. So, you know, I think that was extremely responsible of Congress and that showed a lot of foresight on their part. But that means that we really need to get down to business here in the beginning part of 2021 uh, to make sure we're laying the foundation so Congress can get a surface transportation reauthorization bill across the finish line in September of this year. You know, we have a series of reauthorization principles that we've been working with uh, with the House and the Senate on now for a few years. Uh, we've already uh, worked with uh, the administration here prior to them starting their term to let them know what Ashco and the state DOTs would like to see in a reauthorization bill. Uh, and really what we're looking for is getting a bill done on time having it be a long-term reauthorization bill so that it's five or six years that it provides state DOTs and transit agencies the time that they need to be able to plan for major projects that stretch across multiple years. You know, if you only do a, a one-year or two-year bill, it's hard for states to be able to plan for large projects when they just don't have the predictability of how much of the federal dollars are coming their way over, say, a five- or six-year period. Uh, so we want it to be a long-term bill. Uh, we'd love for them to come up with some type of a long-term sustainable revenue solution for the Federal Highway Trust Fund. You know, we have been stuck with a, a, a gas tax rate of 18.6 for the last 25-plus years. Uh, that hasn't been adjusted. It's not keeping up with the amount of spending that we're doing at the federal level. We're consistently having to bail out the Federal Highway Trust Fund with general fund transfers. And um, we think it's time for Congress to take a look at that and figure out what is the long-term solution for funding the Federal Highway Trust Fund. Uh, we want them to increase and prioritize formula-based funding to state DOTs. Uh, we recognize that there's going to be an interest in, in continuing discretionary grant programs where states and localities can apply for grants. Uh, and apparently there's going to be a, a discussion on bringing back congressional earmarks. But the real bread and butter of the federal program here are the formula dollars that go out to the state DOTs where states are able to prioritize the projects that they want to fund with federal dollars on their own. It gives them that flexibility to be able to identify projects that are going to have the most impact that are ready to go today so that they can get that money out the door and uh, get it put to use creating jobs and improving our transportation network as soon as possible. Uh, you know, and the last two things that I would say uh, that we're looking for in, in a reauthorization bill, looking for increased flexibility and in trying to streamline 
uh, the project delivery process. You know, there's a lot of red tape still that exists within any federal program, but we see it in the federal transportation programs. We've got some ideas for how we can clean up some of that red tape and make it a little bit easier to administer some of these projects. Uh, and then really, we want to make sure that state DOTs are able to harness innovation and technology, right? I mean, we're seeing this now. Technology is becoming a bigger and bigger piece of our transportation solutions to the problems that we're having. So uh, we want to make sure that state DOTs have the flexibility to innovate, to be kind of those uh, laboratories of innovation at the state level, try out new things, be creative, uh, and make sure that the federal program allows for that. Uh, right now it does, but we want to really capitalize on that because we know uh, that that's what the future is going to hold for us. We're going to have to better leverage all of the technology tools that we have if we're going to be successful uh, in addressing our nation's transportation needs. Ashto is there primarily to speak for the various state DOTs, but clearly the reauthorization affects more than just the state DOTs. It affects transit agencies and and ports and all kinds of different agencies. Do you coordinate with other organizations that are representing some of these different interests to provide a unified voice for transportation when you're going to Congress or to the administration? Absolutely. You know, and I, and I would say too, uh, it's important to note that you know, the state DOTs that are out there now, they're not the same entities that existed, you know, 40, 50 years ago when they were primarily departments of highways. You know, every state DOT in the country now is, is a department of transportation, not just highways and roads and bridges. You know, they're focused more broadly on the transportation network. You know, looking at problems that exist within the transportation network and, and the system and identifying transportation solutions that may mean that you're investing in highways to address one issue or, or rail or transit to address another. There's also been a real big spike in the interest in active transportation within state DOTs, recognizing that you know, cycling and, and walking and cyclists and pedestrians are important users of our transportation network, and that we need to make sure that we're building a system and maintaining a system that accommodates them provides the ability for them to operate and keeps them safe. You know, you've seen a shift within the state DOT community, I think, over the last 25, 30 years. Uh, but we're also absolutely working with other transportation stakeholders. Uh, we've got a great working relationship with APTA, uh, our counterpart from a, a transit standpoint. Uh, we work very closely with on the industry side with, uh, with the construction industry through ARPA, American Road and Transportation Builders. You've got the Associated General Contractors, uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. I mean, we have great relationships across the board there. That group did a phenomenal job this summer in coming together to help advocate for uh, state DOT relief under uh, the COVID relief legislation packages that moved through Congress this year. Uh, we got a lot of support from our other transportation stakeholders. Uh, we were also very supportive of the transit industry's push for COVID relief as well. Uh, when APTA and the nation's transit agencies were out there looking for urgent help in order to be able to keep their systems open during the COVID-19 pandemic, we were very supportive of that approach as well. So uh, there's a lot of collaboration right now within the transportation stakeholder community, and we're really excited about that because we think that's going to help all of us achieve our goals. 
going behind the scenes just a bit, this is the first time that we've had an administration change since you've been in the top leadership position at Ashto. How does Ashto gear up for an administration change? Obviously, there have been a number during Ashto's history, but it's your first. So what are some of the things that you're doing to adjust to a new Congress and a new administration? Well, that's a great question. We started off uh, really right away, right after the the election and, and reaching out and making contact with folks within President Biden's uh, inner circle there to make sure that uh, we were available to them as a resource as they started to put together their transition team and making sure that they were aware of what the priorities were for state DOTs. We've made it very clear that we want to work with them and be a, a partner uh, we know that they're going to come in with a pretty aggressive agenda for what they're going to want to do in infrastructure and transportation. Uh, and we think that we can be helpful in achieving a lot of those goals uh, as a partner. So, uh, you know, we reached out right away. We've had several meetings or we had several meetings with uh, their transition teams, their agency review teams as they prepared to uh, hit the ground running here after uh, after January 20th. And we are continuing to have discussions with the administration's personnel as they start to get populated over there at USDOT. Uh, those first, you know, couple weeks, month or so uh, in a new administration are always tough. You know, it's a little bit, uh, they've got a lot of things going on, but we've made very clear to them that we want to be a partner. We want to help them be successful in achieving the goals that they want to achieve this year. I'd like to close with a topic that we started off the discussion with, COVID-19. What are some of the lessons that Ashto and its members have learned from dealing with COVID-19? One of the things I think that state DOTs demonstrated here during the COVID-19 pandemic is how essential they are to the success of the nation overall. Really being able to operate and maintain our nation's transportation network at the height of a a crisis like the the COVID-19 pandemic and making sure that it was still up and running and it's still allowed for us to be able to move goods and and people from place to place as they needed to was extremely important. And I think that was something that state DOTs have known all along, but I think it was something that was good for us to be able to demonstrate to the nation and and to policymakers as well. Uh, One of the things that I think is important to point out as we closed out the year uh, was that we were really successful in convincing Congress to provide additional relief to state DOTs in that last COVID-19 relief package that they did right at the end of the year. There's $10 billion that's included in that package directly to state DOTs to help them uh, address some of the revenue losses that they saw throughout the year. And that money is going to be crucial for state DOTs to be able to continue to provide, you know, the services that and the projects that they had planned to do here in in 2021. For a lot of 2020, you know, some states had to pull some projects off the list that they were planning to move forward with because of budgetary issues. Some states had to delay projects. This funding will allow them to pull those projects back up to the top and, and move forward with them in 2021. It will hopefully allow them not to have to pull back on any additional projects that they had planned to do in 2021. Uh, It's really just a a lifeline that we're very thankful to have from Congress. Uh, I'm really thankful that we're able to get in that last package of the year. And I know that our state DOT community is excited about it. And it's going to be, I think, important for us to get the year started off on the right foot 
by having those resources there to make sure that uh, we can move forward in operating, maintaining, and, and building out the nation's transportation system the way it needs to be. We've been talking on this episode of ITE Talks Transportation with Jim Timon. Jim is the executive director of AASHTO, the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Jim, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us. Great. Thanks for having me. I was happy to do it.